Welcome to the Hoosier Ag Today Monday morning podcast on the 12th of February 2024. I'm Andy Eubank. Eric Pfeiffer joins me today with the news, including an update on a state bill that will prevent foreign ownership of farmland. And Don Vilwalk reflects on the life of Bill Northey. The Hat Podcast is made possible by First Farmers Bank and Trust, experience banking built on heart, grit, and agriculture. FFBT.com for more and stop by your local branch. Also today, Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin says cool air that moved in over the weekend continues. And Friday, corn and bean markets lower. Brian Basting analysis on the Hoosier Ag Today Monday podcast. At First Farmers Bank and Trust, we know that when agriculture thrives, we all do. It's the heart and grit of our agricultural communities that keep the crops coming in and the livestock cared for day and night. That's why we build financial solutions around the needs and schedules of our ag clients. If you're looking for a financial partner that has over 135 years experience in understanding and supporting agriculture, we want to hear from you. Let's harvest success together. First Farmers Bank and Trust, member FDIC, equal opportunity lender. In Indiana, there isn't a country road, county highway, or interstate where you don't pass a farm. I'm Bruce Kettler, President and CEO of the Agribusiness Council of Indiana. Those of us involved in agribusiness understand the importance of our industry. ACI exists to advocate for the needs of our members and the whole of Indiana agribusiness at the State House and beyond. We hope you'll join us. Visit our website, inagribiz.org, to get your membership started today. The Agribusiness Council of Indiana, strengthening and connecting Indiana agribusiness. Keeping Indiana's farmland out of the hands of our adversaries and a tribute to a titan of agriculture. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. This is Hoosier Ag Today. It's been a relatively quiet legislative session for agriculture in this lighter, non-budget year for the General Assembly. But there is one bill that would prevent foreign ownership or leasing of Indiana agricultural land by our adversaries that has caught the attention of ag stakeholders throughout the state, including many members of the Indiana Congressional Delegation in D.C. and Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch. We want China and our adversaries to buy our farm crops. But we sure don't want them to buy our farmland because it's about national security. It's about food security. House Bill 1183 was authored by Indiana Representative Kendall Culp, a farmer from Rensselaer representing House District 16. Culp says the bill has tremendous support, not just from the lieutenant governor and those in D.C. It passed the House unanimously, so all Republicans, Democrats all voted together. And I sent the bill to Senator Lysing, the Senate Ag Chair. I would expect it's going to have similar support in the in the Senate. Um, I would have no reason to believe that it wouldn't. I don't know why um, it wouldn't have the support of the governor once it gets to his desk as well. Culp is getting some pushback on the bill, but he's holding his ground. Right now, there are foreign agricultural interests looking to come to Indiana, looking to develop and to buy farmland here. So I'm getting pressure from some of those individuals um, that says, well, you know, this is good for agriculture, which it could be good for economic development for our county, which it probably is, we need to make an exception. But where does that exception stop? Because there will always be another company wanting to come and wanting to come. And my thought is, if it's that good for agriculture in Indiana and the U.S., why don't we have some U.S. firms that are wanting to start this industry as well or to invest in that? And I think that that's a good possibility that could happen. Culp explains more details of the bill and other agriculture-related bills in the full hat interview. You can find it 
at HoosierAgToday.com. Last week, the farming community lost a leader in Bill Northey, a former USDA undersecretary and current CEO of the Iowa Association of Agribusiness. Tributes poured in from his many friends in agriculture, and Andy Eubank has more. One of those friends is Indiana's Don Vilwalk, who said the 64-year-old Iowa farm boy had changed the world. Vilwalk says Northey made an impact on both personal and professional levels. He was just such a common-sense leader that could hold conversations with ag leaders from all around the world, and more importantly, what he liked the most was visiting with farmers all around the world and he was just much beloved and had a lot of common sense and when really could bring some people in good honest discussions together to try to find better solutions to many of these problems that face us in agriculture. Vilwalk says he was the best farmer policy wonk he ever knew. He understood the economics of the uh, challenges of farm policy but Just as importantly, he understood the politics of why things would or wouldn't happen or what needed to happen so uh, something could move forward. Although his heritage and his appointment was by a Republican, about all that uh, dealt with Bill North, he would say he was nonpartisan or bipartisan. His party was agriculture, and that was most important to him. Bill Northey also made an impact on the people he met one at a time. He just made everyone feel like you were the most important person in the room. And uh, he'd work a room, and everybody would just light up, and he had that ability to uh, just really uh, engage with folks. Uh, You get a note from him out of the blue and said, I saw something, and thought you might be interested, or in our case, well, I see Indiana's doing that. Well, congratulations. That's that's a good program. As busy as he was and as much as he had on his plate, Bill Northey always had time uh, to visit and, and to counsel, and in my case, mentor, which I truly appreciated. Northey was past president and chairman of the National Corn Growers Association, was Iowa's Secretary of Agriculture from 2007 until 2018, and served at USDA from 2018 until 2021. Vilwalk is past president of Indiana Farm Bureau. I'm Andy Eubank. And I'm Eric Pfeiffer, Hoosier Ag Today, Indiana's Farm Network. Farm Credit Mid-America believes that your crop insurance should be maximized to address what's important to you. With their data-optimized decision tool, you can build a policy custom fit to your operation's goals. Using your past production data, their tool, which they have exclusive access to in their territory, maps out future events, helping you choose the perfect policy time, coverage level, and options for you. All guided by their crop insurance agents. To learn more, visit fcma.com slash crop dash insurance. Farm Credit Mid-America is an equal opportunity provider. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's a Memorial Day weekend. Going to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals, that's a proud moment for me. And, well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms. I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Ag Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. As we kick off this upcoming week, 
We're dealing with a decent amount of cool air that wants to pool in on top of us, but thanks to the sun angle that we're seeing here, keep in mind, we're adding almost 65 to 70 minutes of daylight in the month of February alone. That only happens if we're getting better sun angles here. And with those sun angles, we're going to counteract some of the chill that would otherwise come in this cold air surge. So am I saying it's going to be way below normal? No, I don't think we're way below normal but to be clear the end of this week is going to be a little chilly today tomorrow and wednesday i think we're going to be in the 40s for the most part not setting any land speed records to the upside but not horrible either today there is a system passing by mostly to the south the low pressure is tracking across central to eastern tennessee and with that track the northern edge of the system is going to drag through the ohio valley so i think as we move through your monday southern tier county counties of Indiana down near the Ohio River probably seeing some on again off again moisture coming in the form of light rain cold rain but light rain and once we move into the overnight tonight that moisture moves away and is done cooler temperatures in here for the next couple of days but not brutally cold we get into wednesday and we have another little clipper system trying to come through first iowa southern minnesota southern wisconsin and then through the day thursday we're going to be seeing that moisture move through the great lakes so i'm going to allow for a little bit of light rain or wet snow i think we could see a mix but moisture equivalents here only a few hundreds to a few tenths so it's going to be relatively fast moving and light but lots of clouds and that little clipper is going to draw down some colder air that's where i think we are below normal at least a little bit for temperatures as we move through thursday night friday and maybe early saturday that cooler air really tries to modify over the weekend maybe not right away saturday but sunday we start to see temperature moderation and then next week monday tuesday wednesday seeing some milder air come back a little bit of moisture may pop up overnight monday night into tuesday hit and miss scattered rain showers few hundreds to a few tenths once again not a lot of moisture by any stretch and then we see another surge of very warm air at midweek next week wednesday the 21st Thursday the 22nd, we could be well above normal across the region. Maybe not quite as warm as late last week, but getting close. That's a look at your forecast update. Have a great rest of your week. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin. A corn and soybean sell-off to end the week. This is Hoosier Ag Today. I'm Andy Eubank with the Friday Farm Market Review. We'll have the settlements momentarily. First, for market analysis, I caught up with advanced trading's brian basting in the middle of trade friday brian let's first take a look back at the usda supply and demand update that came out at noon eastern on thursday in the end maybe not a major market mover but what stuck out to you most of all from thursday well as you said andy it wasn't a real major market mover we did see soybean exports from the u.s lowered by 35 million bushel uh, from what it was in January. A lot of that, I think, Andy, is linked to the fact that USDA did increase Brazil's crop from last year, the crop they harvested last spring, by 2 million tons. And that, that goes a long way towards explaining why Brazil was able to export as long as they have been from that crop and um, obviously displaced U.S. bushels. Uh, so that, that was probably the biggest news. Um, they did lower the Brazilian bean crop from this year, but very conservative, only by, by a million tons, I believe, and did not change Argentina. So many believe that our, Brazil's crop is smaller 
than what USDA said yesterday. But a lot of people believe that Argentina's might be a bit bigger. So bottom line is that we've still got competition in the bean market, and that did pressure bean price initially on Thursday. They did bounce back at the end a little bit. Corn was all over the place on Thursday, was initially lower, then came back and nudged a little higher and ended up being a little lower. Not much change in corn, Andy. They, they did lower the food use here in the U.S. by 10 million bushel. That was the only change. Um, they did lower Brazil's corn crop by 3 million tons, but didn't change U.S. exports at all yet. So I think the market's back to trade in that trading range. Uh, the one crop that did change more was wheat because of the uh, competition from Australia, Argentina, and Ukraine. Uh, all those countries, the forecast for their exports increase. So we've got an uphill battle in terms of the U.S. and the export market for wheat. So the Friday markets, as you and I speak at midday, are down two in corn, down about nine in the bean market, and up about eight in Chicago wheat. You think that we've shaken off the Thursday report, and what do you make of market movement? Anything notable? Yeah, you, you summarized that well again, Andy. We have shaken off the reports and said, it wasn't that much of a mover. I think we're looking at Argentina weather for corn and beans, Andy. A lot of rain in Argentina. That's broken about a three-week dry spell. So that's real good for those those uh, corn acres that are pollinating right now and the bean acres that are setting and filling pods. So there is a consensus in the trade that, that maybe the USDA is still a bit conservative on the Argentina numbers as far as production. So those numbers could increase down the road. And I'd remind your listeners that last year, Argentina had a drought that helped U.S. prices. And it's just the opposite this year. They could have bumper crops that are pressuring prices. So we'll, we'll go back to trading U.S. weather, or beg your pardon, uh, or South American weather. The other thing, Andy, I'd remind your listeners is that uh, February 15th and 16th next week, USDA will release their outlook form estimates for 24-25. Should we be paying a lot of attention to that? It's a benchmark is probably the best way to look at it. They'll give um, forecasted acreage uh, estimates for 24-25. Now, those aren't survey-based. I'd remind your listeners, those are not survey-based. However, it's the best best economic guess, if you will, that the USDA can come up with. And um, the, the trade will look at the carryout numbers when all the dust is settled. And our, bi- excuse me, our biases, those carryout numbers are going to increase uh, from what they were uh, this year. So you got a, a market that's very competitive right now, Andy, in terms of uh, uh, world supplies. And, and we're, we're, we're potentially going to feel that as we get into 24-25. A lot of, lot of things can change, but the market will take a look at those numbers to see what USDA's latest uh, feeling is. Brian Basting, Market Analysis. Brian is with Advanced Trading. His phone number, 309-664-2314. On the Hat Friday Market Review, final numbers, March corn ends at 429, losing another four and a quarter. May, 441 and a half, down three and a half cents on the day. And July, 450 and three quarters, off three and a quarter. A dime down on the March beans, 11.83 and a half. May, 11.90 even losing nine and three quarters in July 11.99 and three quarters nine and a half cents lower again for March wheat of eight and a quarter going to 5.96 and three quarters April live cattle up 15 cents 186.72 and April lean hogs ended the week at 81.15 a gain of 80 cents I'm Andy Eubank with the Friday market review this is Hoosier Ag Today timely relevant credible